Look, we have a lot of fun here at Remember the Game Industries. You've all heard my obnoxious, high-pitched laugh on the show. I love it. Video games are fun. The Simpsons are funny. It's good times. You know what isn't fun? Shopping for razors. And I don't mean that to sound sarcastic. It genuinely sucks. That's why you shouldn't shop for razors. You should just get them delivered by Harry's. Pick up a $3 trial set at harrys.com RTG and see what I'm talking about. I'm not going to stop beating the Harry's drum because it's a drum worth beating. The best razors on the market at better prices than the crap at the store and they're delivered to you. It's like a shaving cheat code. You heard me say it. I have been a Harry's customer since I was driving a forklift at a company I'm not allowed to name but you all know who it is and sure my beard gets some praise now but i was a stubble guy for a long time and i still use harry's blades to keep the edges of my beard crisp so it looks like i have a jawline and if you've ever tried to shave along the edges of a beard you know that you can go through blades fast because there's a lot of weeds to whack in there but harry's blades just keep coming back for more i'm not just saying it there's so much better than the junky stuff you get at the store that means a faster cleaner shaving and two you buy less blades because they last longer the best razors for less money brought right to your door i don't know how else to say this harry's is on top for a reason the best reviews in the business customizable delivery schedules so you get them when you need them i can't see a reason not to use Harry's. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 287, and it's one of our prestigious Patreon poll winning episodes uh, every month. Our patrons get to pick a game to be chatted about here on the old Chatterbox. And Tiny Toons Adventures came out on top of our NES poll back in January, edging out Battletoads in the final vote. So that's what we're focusing on this week. And before anybody asks, I know I still owe everyone a Golden Sun review. If you don't know that one, our December Patreon poll was all RPGs. Uh, That's coming in early April. After playing Lufia 2, I wanted to cleanse my palate before diving into another one of those meaty JRPGs. But that ge- it is coming, I promise. Early April, you're getting Golden Sun. But that's them, this is now, and now it's time for Tiny Toon Adventures on the NES. I actually owned this one growing up. That black label, and then, not the black box, not to be confused with the old black box NES games. This just had maybe the most boring label ever. It was just a solid black background with the Tiny Toons logo with Babs and Buster breaking out of the circle. That was, I can see it in my head. I had that game, and I actually played the shit out of it growing up and I I was actually a pretty big fan of the show as well to be honest Plucky Duck is the man Uh, I was never able to beat Tiny Toons as a kid though it's pretty tough if you haven't played it it's a basic platformer Uh, Babs was kidnapped by Monty Max and you got a saver from his mansion you play as Buster and then there's six worlds and in each world you get to pick one fellow Tiny Toon to take with you as a sidekick and you can choose from Plucky Duck Dizzy Devil or Furball the Cat and each of them has their own strengths and weaknesses 
it's honestly a pretty, it's not Mario, but it's a pretty decent little platformer. I found it tough as shit as a kid, and just recently I beat it for the first time on stream. So it was legit. People seen it. People saw it. I did it. Uh, it's got a pretty nasty difficult spike, difficulty spike, excuse me, about halfway through around level four. It's part of the course for NES games. I think they made them harder on purpose just to try to drag the game out because you can beat this game in an hour. If it's not for that difficulty spike. Plus it gives you infinite continues, which helps. Um, I was honestly pretty stoked that this game won our Patreon poll. Because I've always been a fan of it. And I'm excited to give it a little bit of love here on the old RTG. So I'm rolling solo this week. It's just the way the calendar cookie crumbled. I couldn't line up a guest. Not a big deal. Uh, but like I said, Tiny Toon Adventures was a huge part of my childhood. I will have absolutely no problem rambling on about this one by myself and we'll get there in just a minute because speaking of rambling on by myself it's of course time for another edition of the remember the game infamous intro and if you're new to the podcast welcome aboard and consider this your warning our intros are long but they're fun it's we talk video games and stuff they're good times and they're not half as difficult as the fourth world of fucking tiny tunes let me promise you uh but if you do want to skip it all you do is you open up your phone and, and some people, like, leave me bad review. And if you want to leave me, I don't know. If you think my show sucks, leave me a bad review. I don't give a fuck. But, like, all you have to do is open up the podcast, and then you just, you just, the little forward curvy arrow, you just click it a few times. Get to about, I go to the 30-minute mark if you want just Tiny Toon Talk. But I recommend, let's give the, this intro's a good time. We're talking video games. Just give it, give it a shot. I, that would have been a better sell if I didn't stumble over my words. But if it's in chose, it's a good time. Give it a chance. Uh, I have to do my plugs. I know that some people hate these. So these, if you want to skip, go ahead. This is where I do my... I have to. I got to keep the bills on. It's, it's. Give me a minute here. We have all kinds of merchandise. You can find it all at rememberthegamepodcast.com. And shout out to my man Joe from 4545 Creative for designing all of it. We have some great designs over there as well. Like we have our Saturnian World Order shirt. We have our Retro uh, our Console War Survivor shirt. Our Never Forget the Sega Dreamcast shirt. We have our mashup shirts. We've got our 5th anniversary shirt featuring myself and our CEO as Rush. It's good. That's probably my favorite. I, I'm a homer. I love this shirt. I, I like our merch. You can find it all at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. And of course, if you don't like clothes, maybe consider Patreon. Lots of podcasts for little's monies. Lots of lots for little. That's that's lots for little. I like that. Uh, we have four additional podcasts that we publish every week for our patrons. Every Monday, Mark McHugh and I revisit Old Simpsons on Purple Monkey Dishwasher. We just published our 40th episode. So we're into season three now. We're getting into the good stuff. Every Tuesday, it's the Rambling Idiot. I talk about my comedy career, TV, movies, sports, wrestling, movies, whatever I feel like talking about over there. Every Friday, it's Game Patch, which is my modern gaming news show where we talk about the biggest stories in modern video games. I give you some sales picks, etc. And Thursday is the Crown Jewel Expansion Pass. It goes live every Thursday, and it's a different gaming show each week. There's some funny episodes. There's some serious episodes, modern game reviews, console at retrospectives, all kinds of stuff. This past week was actually Expansion past number 200 so i revisited my 100 favorite games of all time list that i had initially published on expansion pass number 100 so it's been a little over two years since i counted down my 100 favorite games of all time so i revisited it and i plugged in a whole bunch of the games that i've been playing over the last couple of years since i did it the first time i had 20 new additions to my 100 favorite games of all time, including three that squeaked into my top 20, and they were both modern and retro games. And as is becoming tradition, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, my 100 favorite games of all time, Volume 2. 
And we have 100 of these to get through in about 50 minutes. So two a minute. Let's get started. Number 100 on the revised list of my 100 favorite games of all time is Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. And that was on my list the last time we did it, albeit lower. Um, it's a top three Resident Evil for me. Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 2 Remake, and Resident Evil 7, I guess... Okay, so now I guess technically Resident Evil 7 has fallen to my fourth favorite Resident Evil because both the original Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 4 Remake are in front of it. But Resident Evil 7 is fucking sick. And I think it's the scariest game in the Resident Evil series. It's such a good game. If you haven't played it, you can handle a little bit of spice, a little bit of scare. Resident Evil 7 is awesome. Resident Evil 7, for the record, with all due respect, because I know some of you love the franchise, I haven't played 2 yet. I've only played 1 and 3, but no Silent Hill got on my list. I like some Resident Evil better than... Then Silent Hill. So number 100 on my new list, Resident Evil 7. Number 99 on my new list is The Legend of Zelda. The very first one on the NES. So that's now available in our archives. And this week it's Expansion Pass 201. And it's the final Expansion Pass of the month, which means our patrons got to decide what we talked about. And the games you gave up on came out on top. Everyone's got at least one. That game that just, just fuck this. It isn't for you. For whatever reason, you just walked away, and we're going to talk about it on Expansion Pass tomorrow, the games you gave up on. So again, Patreon subscriptions start at $3 a month. You get new shows every week, instant access to hundreds. We just published 200 episodes of Expansion Pass, hundreds of archived ad-free podcasts the second you sign up. Uh, also, you get access to the Remember the Game Discord. You get a chance to vote in our Patreon polls. You get the ability to submit comments to be read on the shows. You get DM or you can DM with me. I'm struggling today. You can DM with me. You get discounts on your merch, and you even get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to our newest patrons, Wreck It Ralphie. I like that. I don't know if it's Ralphie or Ralphie because there was no H, but I, I like it either way. Wreck It Ralphie, Matt Locke, Super Garbage Day, Axel Blades, Adam Blank's Harry Left Nipple. It is quite hairy. Sween Machine, Angel Mejia, Horace Earl, and Doodoo. I like Doodoo. That's a, that, is, that describes this show perfectly. Thank you all so much for the support, and welcome to Remember the Game Industries. You can find all that at patreon.com slash remember the game. Don't forget, we're donating 5% of that to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton as part of my 24-hour stream every November. And we have annual subscriptions that'll save you your 12th month's fees. And finally, if you're interested, I'm over on the old Twitch box pretty regularly these days. Twitch.tv slash remember the game if you want to come by and say hi. All right? That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow our first blower this week is Rob Mason, who said, Hey, Adam, going along with Ocarina of Tim, are there any other games or characters you pronounced wrong and were shocked to find out? I always pronounced Ryu from Street Fighter as Ryu and not the correct Ryu. For the record, I will continue to say Ryu. Oh, yeah. No, I do. The number of things that, listen, because people ask me all the time, why do you say Ocarina of Tim? It was because I used to say Ocarina or Ocarina. Ocarina. I don't even know. I, I always got shit for the way I said the instrument's name. No matter what you say, someone else says you're saying it wrong. So now it's Ocarina of Tim, so nobody is happy. Uh, there's tons of things. A few that stand out to me. I always thought that Yuffie from Final Fantasy VII, I thought it was Yuffie. Apparently it's Yuffie. But I always thought it was Yuffie. So Yuffie. Um, 
I'm sure I say Kate Sith or whatever the fuck that thing's name is wrong. Uh, a lot of summons, a lot of old RPGs that have these big funky names and never told you how to say them. Uh, Leviathan and Bahamut. Apparently I'm saying both of those wrong. I fucking say everything wrong. I don't, it should be told at this point, there's the occasional thing I say wrong on purpose just to irritate people, but there's still stuff I just say wrong because I don't know any better. So all kinds, Rob. I, I am not the brightest bulb in the burned out string of Christmas light bulbs. Not even close. Nick GC. I'm like the one the cat chewed on and then got fried. And it smells like deep fried pussy cat or whatever it was he says. Nick GC says, I would love to hear some insights into the extended family reaction to leading a retro gaming show. What was the conversation like around the family get together dinner table? Uh, my family and I don't talk. Uh, so that's it. Toking Tony. Said, no, I'm just, I'm just, I know some of you are like, what? I'm just kidding. Uh, I've mentioned this before. Honestly, I don't think my family really cares. My brother thinks it's kind of cool. He comes on the show once in a while, but uh, I don't think my parents fully understand it. Like they know I'm a comedian and I think they like the comedian part. I genuinely, I don't think anybody else in my family truly understands what it is exactly I do. I think the, the consensus amongst my loved ones is that I just sit in my office and play video games all day, which I mean, like I do do that for part of it. But like they don't understand the writing, the editing, the, the the hosting, the recording. They don't they don't understand any of it. I don't I don't think anyone has any clue. And I like it that way because when nobody knows what I do for a living, nobody asks me how work is going, and that's fine because I don't want to talk about work. And it's not because I don't love this job, but I just I don't know, I don't want I hate when people want to like I don't I don't want to talk. It's just like uh, let's talk about sports or something. I don't know. Let's politics, something not controversial. Let's let's not talk about what Adam does to make money. Let's not do that. So, no, honestly, they don't talk about it very much. Uh, Toking Tony said, With Tiny Toons being the episode, I figured I'd throw some love to the Looney Tunes and ask you who's your favorite character from Looney Tunes. Mine has to be the center man, Bugs Bunny. I even got him tatted on my arm, but he's holding a joint, not a carrot, because I make smart decisions. Ah, Toking Tony has a tattoo of Bugs Bunny holding a joint. I love it. That's what tattoos are all about. Uh, my favorite Looney Tune by a mile is probably Elmer Fudd. I I love me some Elmer Fudd. I, everything about him. I don't, I, everything about that man. He can do no wrong in my eyes. So Elmer, Elmer Fudd all day. Oh, that fucking, oh, that, that beautiful man. I wish I could do his voice. I can't do his voice and I wish I could. Cause I, I love, I love Elmer Fudd. Uh, Adam's lazy fry said Adam I'm sure you've answered this before but I haven't heard who's your wrestling Mount Rushmore I'm going with Austin Undertaker Sting and Cena these four in my opinion have transcended the genre love the podcast and thanks for all the hours of entertainment this is tough because when I'm picking my Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling I am not picking my four favorite wrestlers I'm picking the four that I think have been most important and if that's the case as much as I fucking I hate the man with every fiber of my being Hulk Hogan uh, is on there. Stone Cold is on there. I'm going to put The Rock on there. And then it always leaves that fourth one. It's like Ric Flair, John Cena, The Undertaker, Sting. I Like, I hear an argument for Cena because he really is the closest thing we've had to a modern day one. I think I got to go Flair. That's just because I'm old. If I wasn't as old as I am, I would go Cena. But because I am old, I'll go Flair. So I'm going Hogan, Flair, Austin, and Rock. Is my 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 Mount Rushmore guy? I hate Hulk Hogan. Uh, old man gamer 
Said, question here, Master Blank. I've always been a Nintendo and PlayStation guy, but I got an Xbox from my wife for Christmas, so all these games are new to me. I finally finished the Halos, and now I want to jump into the Gears games. It looks like there's a remake or a remaster of the first one. Should I start with that one or go back to the OG first one? And P.S., you need to tell Microsoft they owe you a few bucks because you sucking Game Pass's dick all the time is the reason I got an Xbox. Buddy, we were talking about this on stream one day. If I could get a kickback for all the games and shit I've sold over the Slay, I would own, like... 5% of Slay the Spire. And yeah, I've probably sold a few Xboxes over the years as well. Um, no, honestly, dude, just play the play the 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 remaster or whatever it is. There, there's no there's not much differences. It's just it's just a better version of the same game. So I hope you enjoy them. I personally like the Gears games better than Halo. Uh maybe that's a hot take. I do. They're both great, but I like Gears better. And uh yeah, you're good. Just just jump into like the most modern version of it. And just enjoy it. You're gonna you're gonna have a good time. Gears oh Gears is Gears 4 is a little weak, but other than that, I like Gears. They're good games. Uh Donkey Schlong Bunghole Beat. Classy. Says, uh, since starting Remember the Game Incorporated Industries, but whatever. Uh, do you feel that your gaming skills have improved? Are there any games that you've beaten that you don't think you would have been able to handle before your podcast practice? I wouldn't say that my gaming has improved because I play so many games now. If anything, I'm probably, I've never been a great gamer. I'm, I'll never, like, Tetris, I can hold my own. Mario Kart, I'm okay at. But uh, platformers, I'm good. There's very few games that you'll find me sit here and say I'm good at. Um, I would say I've gotten worse. Because now it's like as soon as I'm done a game and I can record an episode about it, it's on to the next game. So I'm not even getting my reps in as much. But I will say that, like, yeah, there's a few games like um, TMNT on the NES, Maximum Carnage, Spider-Man. I've, I've beaten those games. Uh, I just beat Lost Levels. And those are games that I probably wouldn't have the patience to beat otherwise. So I don't know if it's so much that I'm getting better as it is just I have more time to play games now. And I'm on when you're on stream, you don't want to rage quit on stream. So I stick with it so people, you know, I, I look good. But uh, no, I've probably gotten worse. And it's going to continue. I suck. That's why my Let's Play series, youtube.com slash remember the game, is not Adam is good at video games. It's Adam sucks at video games. Uh, Super Jess. Said, hey, Blake, as a fellow Super Mario World obsessor, what is your favorite area to play? The Forest of Illusion might hit the hardest nostalgia for me, but there's something about that Valley of Bowser theme that fucking pumps you up the first time you enter. Curious to hear yours. Cheers. Uh, mine is the Valley of Bowser. Honestly, the Forest of Illusion is my least favorite because I always, that and Star Road, because I always forget uh, if I'm going to fuck up a 100% run or a 96 run, those are the places where I always miss something and can't remember what I missed. So I would say Valley of Bowser is my favorite. Plus, I love that, like, the glowing sign and the back door and everything on his castle. And uh, either the Forest of Illusion or the Vanilla Dome are my least favorite areas in that game. And finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. Fill up my mouth with farts. Said, hello, my good sir, Adam. What is your opinion on the current storage capacity of consoles? With the PS5 only having like one terabyte, I was constantly moving titles to an external drive where the PS5 couldn't be played. Finally broke down and I saved up for an SSD upgrade. I increased my PS5 storage from one terabyte to five terabytes. Also, I was really nervous about installing the unit. It actually took me longer to figure out how to get the cover off than it did to install it. Plus, I have all the space I need for those hundred gigabyte Call of Duty titles now. Uh, you know what? This has been a big talking point with this generation, particularly, I think, with Xbox and Game Pass. Uh, I will say that, like, personally, I've, I haven't had a lot of problems, but I don't play a ton of games. Like, I play, I mean, I play a ton of games, but I play, like, four or five at a time. 
So it's not really a and and I have all three of my I have my PS5, my Xbox, and my Switch all uh, hardwired in. So like if I you know say I, I deleted the Last of Us Part Two off my PS5, and then I I wanted to re-download it when the new version came out so I could play it again, and uh, it's a big game and it only took me like you know it took me like five minutes to download it because I'm wired in. So it's not I've never really found it to be a big problem to have to re-download my games because it doesn't take very long. So I've never had an issue with the capacity on them because I just delete stuff and re-download the four or five games at a time that I am playing. I will say the Series S has given me a little bit of a headache because if I'm not mistaken, that one's only got 500 gigabytes. I have one of those down there in the living room. And by the time I put like golf and MLB The Show on there, I could basically get like one or two games and I'm, and I'm pretty well filled up. So that one has farted me around a little bit, but I've been okay with the one terabyte. Now, if I was like, if I wasn't doing what I do for a living and I was playing like Call of Duty and Madden and, you know, four or five bigger games that I was constantly switching in and out, uh, then yeah, then I could see it becoming a little bit of an issue. I do like that they've made it somewhat easy to upgrade the storage space. I wish Xbox, you didn't have to buy their stupid card, but whatever. Uh, I don't know if you can do other, I don't know if there's other ways to expand the Series X other than that, uh, the card that they invented, but I don't care because I'm not looking to expand mine anyway. Uh, but I do think this will be a problem moving forward. And I think this is going to be a slippery slope for console legit manufacturers because they clearly whether anyone wants to agree with me or not like we've had this discussion a billion times games are going the way of digital you don't have to like it you can want your physical games i get it no problem games are going the way of digital that is just it's a fact that, that just happens as games go digital people need more space on their consoles and then you add in that games keep getting bigger and i'm sure it's not cheap to ship out a ps5 or an xbox series x with two terabytes of storage on it but i feel like it's inevitable that they're going to have to go that way soon when games are taking up 100 150 gigs of space on your console how many can you fit on there so if you want us to go digital, you got to, especially with PS Plus and Game Pass, these services where I'm downloading games, uh, which again, shout out for stream. I like streaming my games now too, but if I've got to be downloading all these games digitally, you got to give me more space. So I, I have not had an issue with it, but I do think it's going to be a concern. I think this is the last generation where they'll be able to get away without having a ton of storage. Like I think whatever the PS6 and the Xbox bone or whatever the fuck they, were, they call their next system is, uh, whenever those come out, they're, they're going to have to, I think two terabytes is going to be the minimum. And I think people are going to be looking for more than that. I think that's going to be tricky. So, but as an all digital gamer or mostly digital gamer, it hasn't been a huge deal for me. That's just me anyway. All right. Thank you everybody that wrote in as always. We'll answer a few more of those questions on the rambling idiot next week in our left blowers segment, but that's for them. This is for now. Let's switch things up and get to our smash hit segment. The official game show of remember the game industries. It is play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our patrons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one, and we'll get to that in just a minute. This week we're talking Tiny Toons, so I figured why not go all the way Three more Tiny Toons games. We've got Bab's Big Break for the Game Boy, Buster Busts Loose for the SNES, and Hidden Treasure, which for some odd reason does not do the onomatopoeia b thing it's onomatopoeia the one where you keep saying the same letters i think it is anyway hidden treasure seems like an odd name but hidden treasure for the sega genesis uh not as close not anywhere close uh as tight a vote as last week was last week we had a three week tie three-way tie which was sick this week 38 percent of you said play buster bust sluice remake hidden treasure and erase bab's big break let's see what a few of you had to say here then i'll tell you what the right answer was fire embalm 
said the football level of Buster Bust Loose was always fire and the replay value is so baked in, so I'll play that. I'll remake or I'll erase Hidden Treasure because I'm sure I'm not the only person that didn't know it even existed, so it won't be missed. And then I'll remake Babs Big Break. If there's one thing gaming needs, it is more female leads that drop anvils on people. I can get on board with all that. I'd be I'd be totally down with a game that stars Babs. I like Babs. I'm, I'm down with that. Speaking of Babs, Bab the Babs said, all right, didn't play any of these, but I haven't voted in a long time and I want to participate. Play Bust Loose because the art box looks, the box, the art box. I, that, that threw me off. The box art looks nice. Remake Babs Big Break because Babs is my name, so this game shall be given all the love with top graphics, soundtrack, and gameplay. And then erase Hidden Treasure because Sega Genesis is the enemy and it shall be extinguished. Ha ha ha. That, I mean, you spelled enemy odd, and I'm assuming there's a reason that's going over my head. Uh, oh, and the name suggests a childish, boring game where you just wander around looking for stupid chests. Kind of does, doesn't it? I don't want to walk around looking for it. It kind of does. I'm I'm not erasing Hidden Treasure, but I, I can get on board with that logic. Mandak said, one of those weird games I actually played as a kid. I'll play Bab's Big Break. It was an actual blast, and I played it recently on my old Game Boy. I'll remake Hidden Treasure because it's a Konami game, and why the hell not? And then I'll erase Buster Bust Loose. Because one simply has to go. I think these are all Konami games, for the record. But I'm sure that's going to ruffle some feathers. Erasing Buster Bust Loose. I love it. And Maverick said, play Buster Bust Loose because I think this game looks fantastic. And it's 16-bit glory and the football level is the next best thing since Tecmo Super Bowl. And I want to beat it since I never did. I'm going to remake Babs Big Break as I think she could use a title of her own. As could Plucky and all the other great characters of this franchise. And with the remake, anything is possible. And that leaves Hidden Treasure to be erased from all eternity. I never played it, but I think with the other two, I would get enough Tiny Toons tickle for the pickle. I like that. Uh, I'm actually going to run her up. I got to say, Hidden Treasure, while I've never played it, deserves more respect. I'm going with the runner-up this week. 20% of you voted the way I did, as did G, G Zelenium 792 G Zelenium 792 This is a tricky one, but Hidden Treasure is the only one I played religiously as a kid, so it's my favorite. I'll play it as it is, but damn those Hell Cave levels. I will remake Buster Bust Loose, considering it's Super Nintendo, and I assume it's already a great game, and I'll erase Babs Big Break, considering I haven't played that one. I'll have to erase it. Nothing personal, Babs. Same order, completely different reasoning. I'm going to play Hidden Treasure on the Sega Genesis because I haven't. And I've grown quite fond of the Sega Genesis in my older years. And I want to see what the Genesis can do with Tiny Toons. So I'm playing Hidden Treasure. I got to play this game. I'm going to remake Buster Bust Loose on the Super Nintendo because I have played it a little bit. Everyone loves this game. I like it. I'm down. But I'd love to see if they could just make... Like, this seems to be the best Tiny Toons game. And so that's the one I want to see if they can make look like the actual show in a modern remake. On the hard drive. Like, imagine playing one that looks just like it. That'd be fucking sick. And then I'm erasing Babs Big Break on the Game Boy. With all due respect, I don't want to erase any of them. I like Babs. I like the Game Boy. But if I have to choose between a Game Boy game, a Super Nintendo game, and a Genesis game, the Game Boy game is probably the one getting the boot. Unless it's Link's Awakening or Pokemon. Maybe Tetris. Yeah, maybe Texas. Shout out to everyone that gets that reference. So, that's the right order. Thank you, everybody that wrote in and played along as always. Now, listen. Normally, I tell you what I've been playing... Then we get a sponsor in here, and then we get to your comments on Tiny Toons Adventures. But I'm just going to be honest with everybody. I fucked up this week, and while I was working on my notes, I accidentally deleted uh, your comments on Tiny Toon Adventures. I wish Patreon made it as easy to post stuff as it does to delete stuff, because I can delete shit like 
but it's trying to get posts up there that's so fucking hard. So I sincerely apologize, especially in a week where I'm rolling solo. I really wanted to read some listener comments, and I don't have any. I fucked up. I'm sorry. I assume all the comments were like, this game is good, it's kind of hard, and Plucky is the best Tiny Toon. In which case, those are all accurate. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to pause for a sponsor now. Then I'm going to tell you what I've been playing, and then we'll get into Tiny Toons. All right? I fucked up. I'm sorry. Here's a sponsor. We'll be right back. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone, like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That could be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001, and a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac and every 15 minutes on the clock they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If if you work on a computer in any capacity, Crash Plan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. Crash Plan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a Crash Plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Okay, what have I been playing over the last week? Uh, Tiny Toon Adventures. On the NES, I couldn't believe I beat it. And, like, I was just streaming it thinking I wouldn't beat it. I get stuck in World 4 like I always do. And I got past World 4 and then beat it, like, 20 minutes later. It was fucking wild. It was nice. Like, I don't know if any of you ever experienced that. If you haven't, I hope everybody experiences that at least once. You go back to a game that owned your soul as a kid, and you're just able to beat it. And I beat it in, like, two sessions, and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, fuck, man. Maybe I am getting better at video games. Who knows? But I felt really fucking good. So I've been playing Tiny Toons. I've also been playing Mario vs. Donkey Kong on the Switch. I know this is a remake of the Game Boy Advance game. I don't know if it's Game Boy Advance or Game Boy Color. I never played the original. I'm playing this one now. Very charming. Cute little game. Uh, the first three worlds were almost, like, frustratingly easy. But now it's... I'm still not expecting it to get hard, but it is giving me just a little bit of stop and think now. So I'm hoping that that trend continues. So it's... I'm. I'm I'll do a full review on Expansion Pass here probably next week. But I, Mario vs. Donkey Kong has been a good time. It's neat. Uh, still playing Cyberpunk 2077. Still plugging away at that whenever I have time. And then, dude, I started playing this game, Valatro. I think I'm, I hope I'm saying that right. And if you've not played it or seen it, it's kind of blowing up on Steam and stuff right now. I'm playing it on my Steam Deck, actually. Or no, excuse me. I'm playing it on my Switch. I was going to get it on my Steam Deck, but I'm playing it on my Switch. Uh, it's, just, it's, 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 a, it's a poker roguelike. It's a card game. 
and you get dealt like you have a deck of 52 playing cards and then basically you have to fight all these like battles or whatever you want to call them these bosses where you have like you have you get to play four or five poker hands and you have to earn enough chips to to beat the score that they're telling you have to earn at least 300 chips to beat the first you fight a small blind then you fight a big blind then you fight like a boss then you go on to the next level and every time everyone you fight the score you need to hit gets higher it starts at like 300 450 600 I think the highest one I've fought so far was I had to put up like 30,000 or something. And so you have a deck of 52 cards and you draw like an eight card hand or whatever it is. And then you have to play a poker hand up to five cards, like a, a pair, two pair, three of a kind, straight, a flush, a full house, four of a kind, straight flush. You have to play your hand and then it adds up the, the you, you, you earn points based on the cards you play. But also while you play the game, you can collect jokers that add like random things. Like they may multiply your score by 10 points every time. They may say, hey, if you play three cards or less, we'll multiply your score by eight every time you play them or something. And you can also pick up buffers to increase the power of each individual hand, like a flush or a straight or a two pair. And you can also pick up um, powers to like uh, change certain cards cards so you might be able to add like you may maybe be able to make a, a four that's worth four points worth 10 points and add it to a, a multiplier of times two to add to your scores so it's, it's a tricky thing to explain in like three i'll probably do a review of it eventually but look it up if you like poker and you like roguelikes look up balatro b-a-l-a-t-r-o it's only like 20 bucks it's on everything i'm really enjoying it it's a really cool i'm not quite ready to put in slay the spire uh the slay the spire camp but i'm really really enjoying it balatro so i've been playing quite a bit of that that is it. Now, normally, here's where I'd read your comments. I fucked up, deleted your comments. I'm so sorry. You can uh, unsubscribe and yell at me if you want to. Please don't do that. I'm very sorry. I fucked up. We'll try it again next week. Uh, maybe I just like to hear the, own, the sound of my own voice because I'm about to talk about Tiny Tunes all by myself. I am going to cue up some music. And when I get sick of listening to it, it's time to talk Tiny Tune Adventures, which originally released in North America on the NES back in December of 1991. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Sorry again about the comments. Let's go. So I should just warn you all right now. It's not often that I do an episode of this show by myself, but when I do, it has a tendency to be way more all over the map than a normal episode. It's uh, me doing this by myself. It's a lot like a town with money. God, you know, no one knows how they got it. And danged if they know how to use it. Uh, in my head, that made sense. Shadow Tony gets that that reference. Guy, I love The Simpsons. Anyways, uh, we'll see how this goes. I'm by myself this week. I'm fine with it. I, like I said, I grew up playing Tiny Toons Adventures on the NES. I had this game. And, uh, and I love this. I fucking loved this game as a kid because I love this show. I used to watch this show pretty religiously when I was just a wee little Adam. Um, I was always Team Plucky. I will never move off that. I think Plucky is the best character on Tiny Toons. Eat me. I don't care. Uh, and he's in this game, which makes it awesome. So like I said in the intro, if you've never played it, Tiny Toon Adventures was a classic, uh, was a platformer on the NES. And this was from an era where it seemed like every licensed show, every movie, everything, like licensed games were a dime a dozen. And let's be honest, any of you that grew up in the NES era like me, you probably rented some of them because you saw your favorite movie or TV show or whatever the fuck on the box, and then you brought it home, and then you were like, this really isn't very good. There was a lot of those. Ghostbusters. It still, to this day, burns my ass that Ghostbusters on the NES is as bad as it is because it just shouldn't be hard to make a good Ghostbusters game. And quite frankly, Ghostbusters 2 is even worse. 
which makes sense because the movie's not as good as the first one. But I, I digress. Um, we've probably all played some of those bad licensed games over the years. I was just thinking about this before I started recording. What is the best licensed, like, fuck, what is the best licensed game on the NES? And I... I, I know some people will, will argue like Bucky. I've never played Bucky O'Hare. O'Hare, I hear it's very good. DuckTales is up there. Chip and Dale is pretty good. If I had to say, I would either go with... I would hear an argument for any of the Ninja Turtles trilogy, but I know most people, most people would argue Turtles 2 and Turtles 3. And I still think Batman, the video game on the NES, is very good. Is Tiny Toon Adventures as good as those? No. Is it Tiny Toon or Tiny Toons? I think it's Tiny Toon Adventures. Because why would you pluralize it twice i gotta look this up now this is tiny yeah tiny tune adventures that makes that's what i thought okay anyway um i don't think tiny tune adventures is as good as some of those games but it's it's like the next tier it's it's very very decent like we got this game for christmas because i loved the show and it was one of those times where it was like oh man this this doesn't suck like ghostbusters burn me burn me deep as a child and this one didn't this is a solid little platformer uh, if you've never played it like i mentioned in the intro you play as buster and then you get to team up with plucky duck dizzy devil and furball the the, the blue cat and uh basically you have to rescue babs from monty max i don't know what monty max's backstory is in a in this college or academy or whatever the fuck it is uh like looney tunes Tiny Toon were all a little loony in this cartoon were invading your TV were coming. I don't remember. I don't know. Um, Acme Acres. That's where they are. Acme Acres. That's what it is. Uh, I don't know why he's there. And I'm sure don't bother writing it. People write in and they're like, ah, well, if you read the fan fiction novel published by Stephen King in 2001, you would know that Monty Max actually owned the college and he would, you know, anyway, he's like the rich jerk kid that lives there. Uh, kind of looks like a mix between Hey Arnold and Nelson Muntz. And he has kidnapped or bunny napped Babs. And it's up to Buster and his friends to rescue him. And so it's pretty basic platformer. You go through six worlds. Most of the worlds have three stages until for some reason you get to the last two, which I'll, I'll go through each of them because I've now I've beaten this game. I can hold that over my head. I'll go through each of the levels individually and let you know what they are. But basically you go through six worlds, you control Buster, and then you get to pick one of the three friends to take into each world with you. And at the beginning of each world, uh, Shirley, was that her name? Shirley, the she was like the female plucky she was the the, the the duck the fortune teller uh she pops up and she says make sure you pick one of your friends to take with you on this on this you know this adventure to this world and what i i think my favorite thing about the game is that each of the four characters buster plucky dizzy and furball have strengths and weaknesses and they're quite apparent when you start playing it pretty quickly you notice so let's just start off with that buster you always have to play just like mario and the main characters and final fantasies and stuff i hate when you can't swap out the main character because if i could choose i would roll with plucky and furball but it is what it is. You have to play as Buster. So Buster is the main guy, and you always get, you always have him in your duo. And he's the fastest character of the bunch and easily the highest jumper, which makes sense. He's a rabbit that kind of checks out. Uh, dude, this guy jumps. Like, it's... I don't want to say it totally takes inspiration from Mario 3, because I don't remember if it was out before or after Mario 3, but it definitely has some Mario 3 in it. Like, when you land on an enemy, you soar. And Buster 
like Buster can clear the fucking screen soar up in the air the dude practically flies when he bounces off enemies and he can move when you get running with them the game actually runs really well too we'll get into that but the game actually flies when you're running around so buster that's basically all he does he's the fastest one he can jump high and you always have to control him really the secret sauce is choosing between plucky dizzy and furball and there are some levels i think it's level two three and four where surely will recommend hey for world two take plucky for world three take dizzy for world four take furball for world one five and six it's up to you you pick i mean it's up to you anyways pick whoever you want but there's a reason that they recommend you take who you want to take so um plucky his abilities are that he can kind of do the float like mario could do with a leaf not when he's flying but when he's just kind of coming down you can tap the button and he looks he's got this awesome look on his face and he flaps his wings and he can't fly but he can kind of float himself back down to the ground so that's really handy when you're above water and then when you're in water buster dizzy and furball control like any other platformer where you tap a and you kind of it's like the flappy bird mechanics where you're trying to swim whereas plucky controls like mario with a frog suit and you can just use the d-pad to steer them around which is a huge fucking advantage so for me by far plucky and not only is the best character in tiny tunes he's the best character in this game and i wonder if the reason he's my favorite tiny tune is because he's the most op character in the tiny tune game that i played the most but he's so that's what he does i'm a big fan of plucky dizzy is my least favorite to play as which is too bad because he's he's a good looking i don't know what is he a tasmanian is he like like what animal is he like what is because he's like the little pink tasmanian devil but like is that the name of the what they are dizzy is a young purple male tasmanian devil oh okay yeah all right i i know I, i'm gonna look like an idiot now but like it says taz is a tasmanian devil a real animal tasmanian devil I know, some of you are probably laughing. Holy Jesus, what the fuck is that thing? They are a real thing, but they don't look anything like, like Dizzy Devil does. They look like rats. Actually, it's kind of cute. Look at that guy. Wow, Tasmanian Devil. I'll be damned. All right, uh, anyway. So Dizzy is another one of the characters that you can pick, and he's like the tank. When you run with him, he doesn't really run at all. His jump isn't anything to write home about, but his special power... I'm, I'm finally saying that a lot lately, you write home about. But anyway, his special power is he's the only one of the four that can actually like attack outside of jumping on enemies. He can go into like the tornado, you know, the Tasmanian Devil spin and uh, just take out any enemy he touches while he's spinning. But the problem is that his spin only lasts for about three or four seconds, and then there's like a power meter at the bottom of the screen, and when it runs to zero, you can't use the spin again until the power meter fills back up. And it fills up way slower than it uh, de 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 uh, depletes when you're using the spin. But you can use it to take out pretty well any enemy outside of bosses, of course. It, I, maybe you... I've never actually tried it. It'd be funny if it worked on bosses, and I didn't know that, but I don't think it does. Uh, and you can actually take out some bricks, too, and like create some shortcuts and stuff so he's a cool i think he's actually the coolest looking sprite of the four he's much bigger than the rest and he's got his tongue hanging out of his face and he's got his little propeller beanie hat and i mean i'm pro team dizzy but he's kind of useless in this game outside of world three where they tell him to tell you to use him, he's kind of useless and then furball the cat uh his special power is that he can climb walls but he can't like stick to them like spider-man you, while you're jumping you can climb walls but then as soon as you stop jumping if you just hold against the wall he slowly slides back down it and that comes in really handy in some of the later levels so if i was ranking the characters in this game best to worst it would go plucky bugs furball 
Dizzy. I'm sorry, Dizzy, because I love you, but you're you're fucking useless. So that's basically what each character does. And then so each world, like world one, world two, world three, and world four, you play three stages and you have to pick a sidekick to take into the world to go through all three stages with. You can't switch mid-stage. You have to take them in with you uh, throughout the, the level or that world, the three stages. And then once you beat the stages, it goes back to the overworld map and Buster hops uh, to the next world. And then you get to pick a new sidekick to take in to tackle three more stages. And if you want to swap your partner, then there's like balloons floating throughout the game, which are basically like your item boxes. And some of them have hearts in them, which give you a second hit, which I'll explain more in a second. And some of them contain, it's just like a red bouncing ball with a star on it. And if you touch that ball, then you instantly swap into your teammate. And then you can't swap back until you find another one of those balls. And it can be a little bit frustrating. For example, in World 2, there's a level that's 100% swimming, and which is why Shirley recommends you take Plucky. And you can, there, there is one of those swapping balls in this world. And if you accidentally touch it, then even though you brought Plucky to, tra- nav- to help navigate the water, now you're stuck as Buster and you have to swim through the water like a, like a, I don't know how well bunnies swim, but I assume based on this game, not very well. So that's how you swap your teammates. And that's really all there is to the picking of the characters and the teammates. And then some other characters make appearances. Like I said, Shirley shows up between levels uh, to recommend who you should take as a sidekick. Uh, once per world, you can find a door, just a random door. And if you find one, go in it. And throughout the game, you pick up carrots, similar to coins. And Hampton, the the pig, is waiting on the other side of the door. And he'll give you an extra life for every 30 carrots that you pick up during the world. So he's obviously worth finding because that's where you cash your carrots in. Um, I don't know the name of that bird. I don't even know what the bird says. But one of the coolest cameos in the game is there's that like, I don't even, like I think it's like a buzzard. I don't know. But it's got like the bowl cut, the purple hair. And I don't know if it says nope, nope or dope, dope. But every time you beat a level, it plays that like the, and now our song is done. And then he goes, nope, nope. And then you go to the next level. It's It's a nice, Nice little cameo. I'm a fan of that. Uh, dude, what was the fuck was the name? I never got it to show up in all the times I was replaying it over the last couple of weeks to get ready for this episode. But there's like a Darth Vader clone that's like a duck. And I, I don't really remember him from the show. But he just shows up. I think you have to have a certain number of carrots when you beat a level. He'll just show up. And if you can fight him and beat him, uh, then you get a bunch of extra lives. He never showed up once while I was replaying uh, this game. And then Elmira, the little girl from Tiny Toons that loves the animals and wants to hug them and squeeze them. And I, I think that's what her whole, her whole shtick was. She's the midway boss in each of the first four worlds. So when you beat stage one, you just go from beginning to end. You get through the door, you beat the level. Cha-cha. The second level, once you beat it, then you get to the exit door. And then you have to go through this little mini game with Elmira where she's basically just blindly running left and right, sliding all over the place. And once in a while, she hits a wall or something, uh, she'll stop running and just look at the camera for a minute and hearts will come up and she's just kind of hugging herself because she wants to catch the animal and squeeze her. And you basically squeeze them and you basically just have to avoid Elmira for about 15 seconds or so until an exit door appears and then get to the exit before she catches you. And uh, she never caught me once in all the time I was replaying this. She's really not very difficult to dodge, but I do like that they threw that in there. It's just like, it's just a little bit of a mix-up. I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I like that a lot. Uh, and then in the third world, the third level in each world, uh, you beat the level and then you have to do a boss fight. And I, I admittedly have not watched Tiny Toons since probably about 92, 93. So it's been... 
fuck me, I'm old. It's been like, I can't, it's been 30 years since I've watched Tiny Toons, so I don't remember the names of any of the characters, but like, the first boss is this like, evil scientist on a skateboard that throws anvils at you. Uh, the second boss is a pirate that, jumps up and down and then whenever you land you all you have to do is jump on their head three times and when you jump on his head he takes off for a minute and barrels come rolling at you the third boss is like a werewolf thing underground and he's the coolest looking boss of the bunch for sure the fourth boss is this fucking ape and i don't know if that was a character i assume it was a character from the show but maybe not i don't fucking know but basically you're on like a construction site and you have to stand on these two beams that are pointed like imagine if you've never played the game, imagine the bottom of a pinball machine where the two flippers are pointed at like a 45 degree angle down and then there's the hole in the middle. That's what these two girders look like. And then the ape is up above them all on these blocks and the ape is pounding the ground and making little baby apes fall from the sky that are walking around. And all you need to do to defeat... And this was... I could never get by this fucking ape fight as a kid. And then I finally figured out all you have to do instead of jumping on his head like you do other bosses, you just have to jump on his kids. And if you kill enough of his kids, kids all the beams he's standing on disappear and then he falls down that hole falls down the hole and then he dies and then you move on i, I don't know what so again i don't remember if any of them are actual like characters from the show or not i haven't played the game in a, or watched the show in a long time but that's the bosses of the first four worlds there is no boss in the fifth world it's fucking weird and then in the sixth world you're in montana max's mansion and each of the four bosses you defeat leading up Plus World 5 gives you a key. And those keys all open doors in Monty Max's uh, mansion. And so you basically just have to get through five quick levels and then you have a boss fight against Monty. And if you beat him, you save Babs and the, and the world is over. So that's the basic gist of the game. It's really like, it's a really charming little platformer, but it's not exactly the world's deepest fucking platforming experience or anything so i do want to go over the graphics i do want to go over the controls i do want to go over the music and i want to go over some of the various levels but i really need to drink water doing this by myself the old throat gets pretty parched so let's let's do here's what we'll do we'll be uh tiny tune adventures we'll be right back after this that works we'll go to a sponsor then we'll come back and i'll run down the rest of the stuff i want to talk about we'll be right back this show is sponsored by better help Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly, I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And BetterHelp is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash remember the game. Okay, so the levels themselves, now that you kind of know, that that's like, there are no other controls. You just run, jump, and then, like I said, 
Furball climbs walls, Plucky can kind of fly, and Dizzy can spin. But that's like that's all the controls. There are no power-ups to pick up other than the hearts. You may, that's and and that oh, I should have started the I maybe should have started the review of this. This game is kind of tough. It's not the hardest NES game I've ever played, but there's a reason I couldn't beat it as a kid. I was shocked that I beat it when I did, uh, playing it the other day. Because I could not beat it as a kid. And I think what makes it so difficult is that you only get one hit. Like, if you can find a heart that are in these rare balloons, the item boxes, then you get a heart, and then if you get hit once, you lose the heart. If you get hit again, then you die. But if you don't have a heart, it's one hit and you're done, and everything is trying to fucking kill you. And, like, wait till I get to talking about fucking World 4, the cheapest pile of shit that's ever shit. That game, that level will fuck you up. But you are, everything is trying to kill you. And it's, the game moves and controls really well. It's super fluid, super smooth. Not a lot of lag or stutter, which was a big problem with some NES games. But it almost like, I was trying to explain it while I was streaming it. It's kind of almost like playing a platformer on ice. Like you really are sliding a lot. Everything just feels kind of loose. It's not super tight. And some of the hitboxes and collision on some of the enemies is pretty unforgiving. So you will die a lot. What's nice is that you have infinite continues. But every time you continue, like say you die in World 4-3, you're not continuing at the beginning of World 4-3. You're going back to 4-1. And you have to get back to 4-3 that way. But it is infinite continues. No passwords, no saves, no nothing. But endless retries. So as long as you've got the patience to sit there and keep chipping away at it, it's a pretty beatable game. Uh, I think that was part of the problem I had as a kid was I just never had that much patience. I would get mad and rage quit and go and play something that I understood. Something easy like Mega Man or, so, yeah, or something like that instead. Um, so it runs well. It controls pretty good. It's really smooth, really fast. But it's just, I do find it, it's just, it's not, it, it just, it kind of feels like Mario 3 if everything was covered in grease. Like it's just a little slippery can be just a little bit frustrating but i didn't find i was dying a lot falling down holes i was dying from getting hit by things and let's break down the levels so world one you're just outside it's basically like your tutorial level you're just running through fields none of the enemies are really all that difficult the boss is pretty simple what i do find odd though is in the first level of world one you're outside the second level of world one you're outside then you escape from elmira as you do as you always do at the end of the second level and then for some reason the third level is in a haunted castle and i don't quite understand why and the castle itself isn't too too hard but there are a couple of spots where it's pretty easy to slip or there's these like floating ghosts they're like white like you know someone wearing like a white sheet ghost costume but they have a jack-o-lantern on her head and they fly around and sometimes you don't know they're above you and so you'll bounce off an enemy and get a bunch of air and then accidentally hit one of these fucking jack-o-lantern ghosts that's above you and that's kind of infuriating but it's really not too hard you'll beat world one pretty easily and that's it then you beat world one tra la la then and and that one surely doesn't recommend who to take take anybody you want and then in world two surely recommends that you take plucky uh, and there's a reason for that because world one of, uh, or stage one of world two really isn't that big a deal. It's just more classic outside platforming, but then, uh, level two is underwater. The whole level is underwater. And like I said, the other three characters don't swim very well. Whereas plucky is like, I'm in a frog suit. It is, it is just night and day. So you definitely want to use, uh, use plucky if at all possible. And then the third, the third level of world two is this pirate ship. And anyone that was watching the first night I streamed this, that pirate ship fucking massacre heard me because there's these stupid pirates that just run around and they jump they're like they're all like the highest jumpers in the world and you never know when they're gonna jump and you're kind of falling blind because you don't know when they're running around underneath you and for some reason there's like wooden barrels and if you step on them they hurt you even though i don't quite understand why they hurt you uh and then when you get to the end of that you fight the pirate it, it gets a little bit diffi more difficult nah. 
still not too, too bad. I don't know why my voice did that, but still not quite too bad. Then you get into World 3 where they recommend that you take Dizzy. And the first level, again, not too, too bad. But the second level of World 3 is this, like, haunted forest. And this is, to me, where the game really starts to pick up difficulty. Because there are multiple paths. There's sometimes you can fall into a blind pit, not even knowing there's a blind pit there. If you have Dizzy active, you can use this tornado spin to break down some trees and create a couple of shortcuts to get through the level faster. But the problem is that there's one of those balloons with the bouncy ball in it that'll switch you from Dizzy back to Buster. And if you accidentally touch it, the only way to swap back to Dizzy is to die and then come back into the level and let that item replenish. Like, it would have been... Again, maybe it would have made it too easy, but it would have been nice if you could just hit select and swap. Like, that would have been... Or even if you could bank those, like, ball, the swap balls until you need to swap. Instead of just, you have to find one and touch it, and if you accidentally touch it and swap out to the other character, now you're just fucked until you get the good character back. So that haunted forest can be a little bit of a bitch. There's these fucking trees that, like open their mouths, and then these bats come flying out. There's hornet's nests that when they bark, they shoot bees at you. And uh, that, that forest can be a little bit of a motherfucker. And then when you beat the forest, which is World 3-2, then you get into 3-3, which is like an underground cave. There's a little bit of swimming, but they, they recommend that you take Dizzy in there still. It's not too, too bad. And then at the end of that cave, you have to fight the, the werewolf that is just falling from the sky, and you only have a split second to jump on him until he runs into this pit. Uh, and then he goes back into the air and falls from the sky. Basically, he's just falling, disappearing out of the bottom of the screen, coming out of the top over and over. It's repeats. It's not too hard. World 4 is where this game will fuck you up. And this is where I always got stuck as a kid. I don't know if you're at your school. I think it is. It looks like you're at like a school. I don't know. But the first level is outside. And there's two enemies. And the two enemies will fuck you up. There's all these windows in the background in this building. And the windows randomly, like, dogs randomly pop up in the windows and look around. And then they whip flower pots at you. But there's also, like, stacks of tires and garbage cans down on the street level that you have to jump over. And cats randomly pop out of them and throw tin cans at you. So there's all these, think Contra. Like, there's all these projectiles going all over the map. You have one hit. And it's not just that the cans and the pots that are being thrown at you will kill you. If you jump and right as a dog happens to appear in a window, then the dog kills you. If you happen to land on a garbage can or a stack of tires right as the cat comes out then it instantly kills you as well i died in level four one and four two so many fucking times they're so cheap because the only way to know what windows and what stacks of tires and what cans that these dogs and cats are going to pop out of is to just play through the level over and over again and memorize where they all are and it's pretty precise jumps a couple of them to avoid hitting them when they jump up and it didn't find that their projectiles were killing me half as much as the goddamn enemies popping out of the windows and just touching me while i'm trying to jump through the level were fucking me up so they that level drove me almost insane level one four one is fucking tough that's the one where they suggest you take furball and i don't find furball particularly useful in 4-1 or 4-2 in 4-2 you're down like a back alley and the dogs opening the windows are gone but the cats that come out of the piles of tires are still popping up and throwing random cans at you plus there's this white picket fence behind you and if you're not careful at random places these i don't know what they are they look like punk rock mice women they jump up from behind the fence land on the street in front of the fence and then run right towards you and if you touch one while they're in the air or anything then you die so you're watching for these cats that randomly pop out of tires and whip cans at you but while you're trying to jump over them and their cans if you're not careful all of a sudden these fucking punk mice rocker girl chick things jump up from behind the fence and touch you and they fucking kill you those two levels are so cheap and obnoxious they make me insane they're the hardest two levels in the game are four one and four two fuck they're so the old once you know where the enemies are coming from 
they're not too bad. But learning and it's just it's there's no indicator, no nothing. Think Mario when you never know when a piranha plant is going to come out of a pipe, except these things move way fucking faster. And there's no forgiveness. And you touch one and you die. Oh, fuck those two levels. Uh, and then 4-3, you have to climb the inside of like a school building. And that's where they recommend taking Furball. Because if you just have to climb up with Buster, it's, it's doable, but it's a little bit of a bitch. With Furball, you can skip like two-thirds of the level by just clinging to the walls on the side of the screen and hopping up them and climbing up. Plus, there's a heart at the top of World 4-3 before you fight the boss. And you can only get the heart by climbing up there with Furball. If you're there with anybody else, you can't get this heart. So so you get the heart. Then you fight that ape that I kept tell I was telling you about earlier that's in the pinball machine that I couldn't beat. Uh, then you get to World 5. And I was expecting World 5 to be the same as the first four, where it's three stages. You have to dodge Elmira in the second one and fight a boss at the end of the third one. But World 5 is nothing like that. I don't know what those creatures are called. They're... They, they look like, like dodo birds. I, they kind of look like the spy versus spy birds, but with like a rounder face and they're kind of like a teal color. And they've got the little drink umbrella coming out of their head. I'm sure some of you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what that thing's name is. Uh, you just run through the level and they're just randomly like all over the place. And you just have to pick them up. And when you collect all of them, they form a giant one and then that's the end of the world. There, there's only one level. There's not three. There's no boss fight. There's no Elmira dodging. No, nothing. That's just it. Then you get your key and you go to Monty's Mansion. And uh, it, to me, it felt like they were running, running out of time before they could release this game. And they were like, fuck it, make World 5. World 4, no no kids getting past World 4. If they do, then make World 5 easy. You just have to collect these little dodo birds. I don't fucking know. And then you finally, you wrap it up in World 6, which is Monty's Mansion. And it's only one level again, but it's like six segments. Because like I said, in each of the previous five worlds, you got a key when you beat it. And now when you're in Monty's Mansion, uh, the first level, you're just kind of... They're, they're very short, little quick levels. In the first level, you're just dodging security guards that throw knives at you, I think. Well, there's like a butler up in a balcony above you that goes by and randomly turns lights off. So you can't see where your platforms, your jumping are. Uh, and you just have to get through two or three sets of these 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 bodyguards. Uh, then you open the door and you're into World 2. World 2 are more the same bodyguards, but you're just running and sliding under spikes and just... You don't really even deal with the bodyguards. Uh, World 3 is the bitch one. You have to go up this elevator, and while you're going up this elevator, there's cannons on either side of the elevator shaft shooting bags of money at you. And some you have to jump over, and some you have to duck over. And again, the only way to really know is to just play it a few times and memorize it. Uh, World 4, that big bodybuilding white dog uh from i don't remember what its name was from tiny tunes but it keeps dropping down from the ceiling and running at you really quickly so all you have to do is be ready for it and just jump over them a few times and then the fifth part of monty mansion monty's mansion nothing can kill you you just do a little bit of quick platforming and you get to this door and then you fight monty max and he's in the room where there's these two doors up on balconies and he keeps appearing in one and there's these massive boxing gloves on spring arms coming in from the sides trying to punch you and all you have to do is basically jump on the boxing glove arm get up and jump on max's head and you jump on him three times and you beat the game and that's it like there's not a lot of replayability unless you want to try with different combos or try to go faster or anything infinite continues uh it's just it's just world one two and most of three aren't too bad world four will fuck you up if you get by world four world five is a cakewalk and then you just have to memorize the mansion and the game is over so it's it's a neat little game like it's it's like i'll be honest with you i would like to add a physical copy of it to my collection i really don't want to pay more than about I don't know, 20 or $30 for it tops, I don't think, because it's not like a game, but you beat it in an hour and you have no need to play it anymore. But that's a lot of NES games once you crack the code and figure them out. Uh, I'm shocked we've never gotten like a Tiny Toons Adventures game collection. We've gotten so many other ones like Ninja Turtles and Jurassic Park and Contra and Castlevania and all these other ones. I'd love to see a Tiny Toons collection. I think that'd be fucking sick. 
because uh, I really wish more people could play this game because it really is, albeit short, a, a solid little platformer. Graphically, I think it looks great. I think it is, frankly, one of the better-looking games on the NES. Uh, some people that were coming by my streams pointed out that Plucky in particular looked kind of funny, but I like it. So they Buster... So you know like when you have a... Um, I mean, any animated character in any of these old games, they basically have, like, the black outline, and then they're filled in. You know, like, the same way you draw, like, a cartoon or whatever. Well, Buster is surrounded by... His outline is red, Plucky's is green, Dizzy's is pink, and Furball's is blue. And I just think it's a really nice-looking... I think it looks really cool. I, I'm a big fan of the, the animation. Uh, some of the enemies look really, really cool. All the main characters have these cool little, like... Uh, when, when, when Plucky doesn't move for too long, he starts tapping his foot on the ground and giving you this, like, what the fuck look. Little Sonic the Hedgehog, guess. Um, Babs, or B Buster puts his hands behind his back and kind of starts stretching. Dizzy's tongue just starts flopping out of his mouth and he just starts panting. I like some of the little animations. Some of the enemies look kind of neat, albeit kind of stagnant and they don't have a lot of animation to them, but they look cool. I think Elmira looks awesome. I think those are some of the highlights of the game, even though they're easy, are the stages where you need to avoid getting caught by Elmira. The bosses all look great. Monty Max looked great. It's a really sharp looking game. And like I said, it runs silky smooth. I don't want to compare it to Kirby's Adventure because Kirby's Adventure, I think, is one of the most ambitious games on the NES, but they came out around the same time in the later end of the NES's lifespan, and Kirby's Adventure fucking chugs. Now, Kirby's Adventure has three save files on it, eight worlds, or whatever the fuck. Kirby's Adventure, a much, much bigger game, but that's just the point I'm trying to make. Mega Man 6 chugs a little bit, too. Good-looking game, chugs a little bit on the NES. This game runs very, very smooth. For a game that came in toward the end, I mean... I'd hear the argument that the reason it, it runs so smooth is because it's so short. And there's really not even a ton of enemies in it. Like, minus the fucking World 4 where those things are throwing pots and fucking cans at you. It can just eat my whole ass. Fuck, I hate that fucking level. But the game runs really well. The music is good. The problem is, and you all heard it off the top, they have the, like, chiptune version of the Tiny Toon theme. But unlike Chippendale and DuckTales and some of the other ones, uh, this one's a little bit shorter and they play it on repeat. And only in some levels. In some in the levels that aren't playing the Tiny Toons Adventure theme, the, the it, it they're they're pretty solid. It's like you've heard you just heard one of them. You're gonna hear the boss theme here in a few more minutes. The the music's really good. But in the few levels where it just plays that fucking Tiny Toon Adventures song on loop, the thing only goes for about 20 seconds and then it starts over again. And it gets really like it gets old fast. And some people pointed out that when you're in levels where you're dying over and over again and that song just keeps playing, oh, it gets to the point where you're like, yeah, I'm muting the television. I can't fucking listen to this anymore. Ah, uh, just fucking, just, ah, gah. So the, the, the music is good, could be better. Um, but overall, I think they do a great job of capturing kind of the feeling of the show. It's just really cartoony, bright, easy to look at, nice to listen to, fun to play, solid little platformer. Trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to talk about. We touched on every level. Uh, we touched on all the characters. I touched on the controls. I touched on the music. Like, there's not a lot of meat to the bone. I, I It could kind of use a password system or something. But again, it's only an hour long. And if you're a kid and you've got enough patience, like, I could have beaten this as a kid. Problem is I would get to World 4 and get stuck on that fucking level where they're all throwing the goddamn cans and pots at me. And eventually I would just rage quit. Because the problem is when you re when you continue, you start out with three lives. And each of those three lives, you have one hit until you can find a heart. And there's no heart for quite a while in that first level of World 4 where they're throwing all this stuff at you. So like I was literally going through a continue in about eight seconds. 
like one, two, three, and then it was back to re- reloading my my continue, and then continue again, and then continue again. Like it just fucked me up over and over and over again. That fucking level makes me fucking crazy. Ah, oh, God. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I'm actually gonna bring up the Wikipedia page. I don't. I I know this was a little bit shorter episode, but I don't really think there's any. Like I think I've literally covered this entire game. Uh, it's a good game. It's fun. It came out in 91. It's by Konami. It's a solid little game. Yeah, you get to play as the characters. You got the six levels. Uh, Duck, Duck Vader is the name of that that Darth Vader thing. Duck, Duck Vader shows up. That's it. Even the Wikipedia page is like two paragraphs. <laughs> like there's just not a lot of meat on this bone. This one, our Patreon poll, I'm glad it did. I'm glad people love it. But it just, there's not a lot of meat on the bone in this game. It is very quick. Beat it in an hour, you're done. Solid game. They didn't just cash in on the name like they could have, like some other fucking developers did back, including Konami back in this day. It's a pretty solid little platformer. I, I like it. Um, is it my favorite Tiny Toon game? I'll say yes, but that's only because the only other Tiny Toon game that I've played at all is Buster Busts Loose on the SNES, and I've only played it once or twice. We rented it once or twice. I remember liking it, but I really don't know it well enough to give it like a, you know, all that game. I'm sure it's better than this. I hear all of you. People were coming by my streams being like, why are you playing this? You should be playing Buster Busts Loose. And I'm like, well, first of all, I want to play this. Second of all, Buster Busts Loose didn't win the Patreon poll. This did. That's why I'm playing this. But I, I will cover Buster Bust Loose at some point. I'd also really like to try this Tiny Toons Treasure Hunter game on the Genesis. I just, I genuinely liked the Tiny Toons. Like, I, as a kid, I liked them better than Looney Tunes. I just think they look cool. They're colorful. They're, they're you know, they're tiny, they're toony, they're a little loony. <laughs> that was kind of lame, but I, I like them. I, I like the Tiny Toons. I will cover more of these games moving forward, I promise. Uh, I think I'm done. I think that's really the, that's it that's there's not a lot else there's not a lot else to this fucking game for me to talk about as far as uh slapping a score on this thing uh i mean i guess i could go there's six worlds well how many levels are there though there's three in world one three in world two three in world three three in world four so that's 12 and then one in world five is 13 and then if you count every room in monty's mansion then you have 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So it scored out of 19 different levels that you play in the game. <sighs> hmm. I really have no qualms with it from a quality point. The one the one issue that I have with it, I think, is that it's just it's short. It's short and there's not a lot to it. And if you got good enough to beat it as a kid, like it's less than an hour and you're done. You know, the, the it's just that they, I feel like they put world four in there to stop you from beating it in an hour. Fuck world four. Uh, I'll give it a, you know what? I'll give it a 15 out of 19 but by any standards. This is one of the, I think this is one of the better platformers and I, that's my, that's my wheelhouse. I love platforming games. I think it's one of the platformers on the NES. I think it's one of the better licensed games on the NES. And frankly, I would say it's probably in my top, Might make my top 30. They're a top 30, top 35 NES. It's a solid title. And it frustrates me that it's never been made available anywhere else. I really, just putting it out into the universe, because I seem to have this odd ability to wish things into existence. Uh, give us a Tiny Toons game compilation package, please. 
Give me this. Give me Buster Busts Loose. Give me the Treasure Hunter one from the Genesis. Give me Tiny Toon Adventures 2 for the NES, which I've never played. But I, I remember seeing advertisements for it all the time in Archie Comics when I was a kid, and I always thought it looked cool. Uh, give me Babs Big Break from the game. Just give me all the game, all the Tiny Toon games in one package, and I'll buy it. Because it's Tiny Toon. Who doesn't love the Tiny Toons? Of course we'd buy it. Anyway. That is it. I think I literally just covered the whole game. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, sorry again about accidentally deleting your comments. That wasn't intentional. I just suck at my job. Uh, I'm going to queue up the boss battle music from this game because I think it's pretty good. I'll put it right here. And when that stops, I'll do my outro. Thanks to Patreons and uh, let you get on with your lives. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And that is going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, me, thank you so much for taking the time to give me a call and talk Tiny Toon Adventures. And to all of you listening to this, more importantly, vastly more importantly than thanking me, thank you for listening to this dumb show because I know there's a lot of retro gaming shows out there and they took a chance on ours. Well, that's that's just super. I appreciate it. Really, thank you very much. And once again to my patrons, I apologize for deleting the comments. I fucked up. I'll try to be better next week. I'm not good at this. Patreon makes it so hard to post stuff, but so easy to delete stuff. It's just, God, choking up my own rage here. Anyways, thanks, everybody. I appreciate all of you listening. Hey, listen, if you, if you liked this show, leave us a good review. Would you? I've gotten some bad reviews the last couple of days. I got a three-star review giving me shit for not posting an episode when my dog was sick. Fuck you. And I got a one-star review just saying that I ramble too much, which actually is pretty accurate. But if you want to tell me I ramble too much, just leave me five Leave me five stars, but then be like, you're a fucking idiot and I hate you. That's fine. I just need the stars. Say whatever you want. I need the stars. So leave us a good review somewhere, would you? And if you want more of these... That's the big sell. Patreon.com slash remember the game. It's $3 for the month. And you get up to four. I mean, technically for $3, you get two extra shows a week. For $5, you get four additional shows every week. But no matter what tier you sign up on, there are hundreds of podcasts waiting for you. And you can add them to your favorite podcast service, including Spotify. They're all ad-free. And you just, like, for $3, dude, if you like the sound of my voice, if you can tolerate the sound of my voice, you've got a month's worth of road trips, like, lined up for three bucks with my stupid podcasts, patreon.com slash remember the game. And then uh, don't forget I'm on Twitch. And a lot of you have been coming by lately. It's been pretty cool. Twitch.tv slash remember the game. I play mostly old stuff. It's a lot of fun. Come by and hang out. I've been streaming a lot of old wrestling games lately. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I think that's it. I'm going to thank some patrons and I'm going to get the hell out of here. Thank you for listening. And if you are a patron, we'll be back tomorrow with expansion pass 201 where we'll be talking about the games we gave up on. And Remember the Game returns in seven days with Remember the Game 288, I think, whatever number we're at, uh, where Bradley McHugh and I will be talking Castlevania Bloodlines for the Sega Genesis. Ooh, should be a gooder. Take it easy, everybody. Talk to you on the next one. Cheers so long. Goodbye. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I turn out every week without all of your support. The following people are the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. And as such, I am contractually obligated to thank all of them. So a huge thank you to Remember the Game Hall of fucking famer Slick Rick. Make sure Bella Magic Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Jay Nasty 15, The Keegs, James Clark, Dave McGee, Dan of Dissect That Film, Doug Dorn, Chris Fleury, Andrew Wright, Jordan, Confused But Still Here, Little Bunny Foo Foo 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Scott Brooks, Aaron Lawson, Nathan Tromble, A Town, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, G9PSX, Mercury869, 
29, Wolfgang, Darren, Andy, Hudson, Doogie, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny from Virginia, Squints, Titan 420, Zonko 504, Jeff Bergeron, Daniel, Tunable Power, John Woodruff, Randy Barrage, Just a Fish, Save State, Scum Dumpster. <laughs> I like that. Holmes, Zach Shepard, Ballsack, T-Bagger, Frosty P492, Triple, Chugger22, Elijah Burns, It's That Nerd, James, Madam Nusich, DBXJ, Jameel Williams, Steve Dalk, Standard S, Brian, Mizuru, Juris, Dr. Mario, Dr. Mario, there we are, Tyler, easy for me to say, Tyler, Phil Lencher, Joe the Sandman, Eric James, Mega Mav, Thomas Child, Biddy, Laces Out Dan, Beaver Boy, Thomas Smith, Leroy Westrich, Rush's Dog Walker, Stud Still, Smash, Matt Babinu, Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Fuzzy99, Decoy Man, a dude named Adam Wyatt, the surgeon who's not a surgeon, Row, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Scary Terry, Storm Beagle, Archangel Otaku, Earl, Hegel Waffle, High Plains Drifter, Kayach, Timothy, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Nicole, Cody Richardson, General Fury, Dem Boys on the Roof, I cancel my Netflix to afford this shout out, Max Lagroom, James Juan Francesco, Dawn of the Adult Children Podcast, Franklin Badge, Drugs Bad MK, Sam Carpenter, Donnie the Dude, Walter Nerdy Hybrid, The Fletchman, Colin Bollinger, Sleeper Hit, Joey Mercury, Squeak Nuts, Isaiah, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Whiff 15, Christian Gabriel, Maverick Marty, Radioactive Man, Musty Beetle, Graham Kennedy, John M. Watkins, Timothy Sabritsky, Beef Tingleberry, Sofrito Bandito, Hitchy Poo, Chevy Boy 9211, Burt Macklin, Quiet Place Queen, Cam Nelly 23, Christopher Britt, Zamatos, Big the Cat, Tadpole, Maverick, Bobby Litton, Brendan Dezeba, Kia Pup, Monstrous D Boner, <laughs> Boner, AB Killen works for me, Alexander Camp, Neil Cooper, Tom Houlihan, Fed Explosion, Ryan Perry, Alex R, Lucas Valadez, Itchy Nutsru, Mr. Papa Giorgio, Just Car Prank, Solomon Soto, Rated Excellent, Dar Skywalter, Postman, Tazelhoft, West Gen, Nick Creature, Youngster TK, Adam Martinette, The Big Deal, Kevin Monroe, Can't Destroy Her, This MF, Al Alpha Kenny One, Beers of War, Because 19, Marcus Mendoza, Lord Longrod, Von Hugendom the Second, Roger Staubach's Pool Cleaner, Lucas Shaman, Frosty Bear, Max Sandin, Sour Goatface, Alex Ramos, Faded Sufferance, Benjamin Atkins, Carbon Fiber Zombie, Chris Hills, A Hammer Brother, Mellow Yellow 8787, B Money, Hired Goons, Who, It's OG, Tyler Bauer, Fall of Snow Kiku, Supreme, The Supreme Chose Rizzo, Would You Kindly, E-Man Trucker, Mark Sneed, Atrio Wormwood, Shoeboxers, Adam Blank, Still Has Reviewed Mario Galaxy, Jay Callahan, Robbie Air Guy, Who Does Things, Saban, Brian Richmond, Blobby Rogers, Glue Scappin, Bula, Sector, Matt Zeus, Spimey Bonestorm, Plow King, Cesar, Fill Up My Mouth, with farts, liquor like Luigi, Cody Thompson, put it in H, Chaz Hammond, Elephant, Cav, Scissor Fist, Big Daddy, Randall, Ryan, Wickcomb, Flinny, 1, 2, 3, Lord Stay Puff, Johnny Zubu, 81, AJ McCurgy, Lotus, Philip Ramsey, Nothing Could Possibly Go Wrong, Toby OP, Alex McIntyre, S, Bearded Bastard, Adam Blank, Still is Reviewed, Sky, Sly Cooper 2, Eric Hopewell, The Mutts, Nuts, Darbles, Lousy Smart Weather, David Schroeder, Theodore, Chicken Gizzards, Diablo Spartan, Justin Blair, Wilco, VOS Rager, Captain Steve N, The Cardigan Wearing Wrestler, Adam's Former Assistant, Shank the Rat Face Bastard, and Claptrap Stamp. Not too bad. That was a pretty decent round of shoutouts. Thank you all so much. Appreciate all of you. Take it easy. Talk to you on the next one. Cheers.